With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's like we do, always go hard with this school. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give rough. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go, let's go. Mark Bickley, show one, done and dusted. Here we are, podcast listeners. Hello, hey, feeling, Bix? Yeah, good. Uh, thank you, Jared. And big show went really quickly. Um, some special guests. I really enjoyed talking to Malcolm Blight mm. and also the Premier of our state, Peter Malinaskis, talking a lot about the the sports one that have been attracted and two that are on the drawing board. He came up on our phone board as Pete, mm. and that's a very uh, casual, uh, unofficial way to acknowledge him. But I also like that about him. I think that he's quite a relatable person, and yeah. I know nothing about politics and intentionally don't have any interest in it, mm. but I like just someone who's nice and relatable. Like the former Premier knew my daughter's name, and I'm like, I like you, Stephen Marshall, and mm. I like Peter Malinowskis because he seems like a good guy. Yep, he does. Uh, we would sort of jokingly... Pete from Peterhead. He's got his origins in the western suburbs. Yeah, which you need to venture down to a little bit more often, I reckon. There's, I spend th- a lot of time down at Port Adelaide. Don't worry. There's other funny names like um, Murray from Murray Bridge, Keith from Keith. Victor from Victor Harbour. Yeah, they're good. So are you, are you bored? You're looking at your watch already. No, no I've just got a message. <laughs> Is that Send. from our boss saying we're sacked? <laughs> Tell Jared to pull his head in and just get on with the podcast. No, this is the thing about our podcast listeners. They get the um, behind the curtain kind of stuff where you're probably your most entertaining because you're quite filtered on the radio uh, with your sense oh, of really? humor. really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but this is good. So um, you, you'll get to hear some exclusive stuff on this podcast as you listen each day. But um, where you come involved, listeners, is downloading this and sharing it, but also each day texting and, and calling in. And the best way to do that is either saving the numbers to your phone or listening on the SENSA app. And I think once a week, I'm not going to make it once a day, but mm-hmm. once a week I need a war story from you. A war story? Yeah. So like back in the day, something that happened in the change room, okay. is it is it true that uh, a former player that I don't need to say their name had a cool party trick at a bar when he was out there by putting something on his shoulder? Um, certain things like that. So we need to find out these war stories, okay? okay. Oh, gee, I have to go... Deep into the memory bank. Yeah, you'll do that. And if it's in the podcast, there's a lot of sword chat in Port Piri and um, keys to the city, which is now probably a swipe card to the city, isn't it? You'd get if you want something. Yeah, the, the old key lost a little bit of its val- validity, hasn't yeah. it? You know, like you used to get one for your 21st. I think that's gone by the wayside, hasn't it? The people yeah. still get keys on their 21st now. Well, they're put in a bowl probably because it's, it's, it's a different generation that we live in now. Yeah, mate. The city, we don't do that much anymore. We don't win anything. That's the problem right. here in South Australia. Oh, no. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, enjoy the podcast and thanks for listening to SENSA. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. The wait is over. Good morning, Adelaide. 
Good morning, SENSA. Good morning, Mark Bickley. Jared, good morning to you and good morning to everyone that's uh, up at this fine hour. And uh, yeah, we all are away. Oh, this is fantastic. We are here live in SA Studios, uh, Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. You look fantastic. You look rested. You've got a goatee. <laughs> now, talk us through the goatee to start off with, please. Well, let, let's just say this. I've had an extended layoff and I have become a little bit lazy. So look, I'm not a... a a Hershewitt person. I don't, I don't know, know what that means, that means already. I have a lot of hair. Okay. Oh, well, look at me. <laughs> so, so when you say I've got a goatee, that's that's really uh, it's an exaggeration, and it's really pr- about two weeks of me not shaving. So it's it's not you know nothing that's you've got a tight under. black t-shirt on. Your oh. biceps are showing. Oh, you've please. had a great preseason leading into this moment. Mm, no, all I did. I, when you get up really early, which is a bit of a shock to the system for mm. me, as opposed to you, who've been doing this for the last month. You get dressed in the dark, so it's just what's around. No one sees us, do they? Oh, actually, they do. There are shit. cameras all in the studio <laughs> and a well, big glass window. Oh, oh, let me just say, I am not that vain, so you will see some very ordinary uh, hair, some very ordinary shirts, and yeah, some yeah, maybe a little bit unkempt. We are here thanks to Tire Power. <laughs> Big holiday sale is now on and Bix. Look, it is a, a joy to have you here. It felt like Christmas Eve last night on this Valentine's Day too because um, we've been waiting for a while. I want to give a shout out to Bryce Gibbs who's mm. been spectacular over the past couple of weeks over summer. You can listen to him on Saturday mornings. But um, this is great. Our photos on the, the wall in Studio Lumo and uh, you've been listening intently. I'm sure you've been really excited to get back behind the microphone and just talk sport for a living too. Exactly. It's, it's great fun. And there's been so much that's been going on in the uh, the world of sport. And, of course, yesterday it was huge. You had the Super Bowl. The Redbacks are winning. Uh, I'm not sure which one was bigger. Uh, we've waited a long time yeah. for both. But, anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And footy's not far away. We've got some, uh, some trial matches coming up for both Port Adelaide and the Crows this week. Then, of course, they're over to Perth playing against the, uh, the WA team. So, Plenty to get our teeth into, I suspect, uh, in the next couple of days. If you want to send Bix a text, 0427 uh, If you are listening on the app, you can just press the button there. It's probably the easiest way to get involved. What we like to do every morning to start off SENSA breakfast is a little thing called What's Cooking. So we'll get around the grill. You know, we might want to put someone under the grill each morning mm. or we might put something in the blender because there's lots of things to talk about. And um, as you said, there's a lot which has happened over the weekend. It was Saturday morning morning that the Adelaide Crows announced that Jordan Dawson would be their yes. skipper going into 2023. The Redbacks get the win. Um, Port Adelaide have an internal trial on Friday and then Super Bowl yesterday. It was a huge weekend of sport, which kind of indicates summer is ending with Super Bowl mm. and we can start talking about footy soon too. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some other historic events uh, happening overnight as well. And that was the uh, the IPL, the women's IPL. Yeah. And some of the numbers that are uh, getting bandied around for some of Australia's best female cricketers is absolutely outstanding. So uh, uh, it's so good for, to see the women that have toiled away for many, many years. And that's, this is still very embryonic. You're thinking really only the last six or seven years, hasn't it? It's been really professional. And uh, and now they're starting to really get um, uh, reimbursed for their for their effort. And and in some ways, they've leapfrogged a lot of the men who are professional sports people. So we're talking half a million dollars, just under 600000 for the highest paid players. So that's Ash Gardner who picked up her maiden five-wicket haul in the T20 World Cup on Saturday, 558000 Australian dollars. So that's just for the women's IPL. Then yes. you put her Australian Cricket, uh, Cricket Australia contract on top of that. You probably 
getting close to or over a million dollars, at least Perry the same and a lot of the other cricketers. So what that does is in almost a very short space of time, they've gone from earning very, very little to leapfrogging, say, 90% of players that are playing AFL uh, or playing in the AFL. So that is fantastic. But it just goes to show the the power of world sport and in particular India. When you bring India into the, yeah. uh, the conversation, the, the numbers over there uh, are astronomical and you can only see this getting bigger and, and as the TV rights generate more and more money, that these young ladies will be paid more and more. It's funny, there was a, an image of the Australian players over the weekend circulating on social media of them watching phones while at training for Australia <laughs> just to see um, who was see going why. for what. So <laughs> Beth Mooney, 349,000. Elise Perry, as you mentioned, um, 297. Talia McGrath here, our very own mm. Talia McGrath, 244. Meg Lanning, 192 which is incredible. Um, it is really exciting for them. And it's it's exciting to have you here. I wanted to quickly share a really funny story, though, because um, there are a lot of people that are really excited to hear your voice on the radio. Because don't, obviously, don't overplay it too No, much, I, I want to, because you, you think you're the, you're the only premiership captain for the Adelaide Crows in 97, 98. So two funny stories. Um, the first one was I was actually at the MCG in 1997 really? when you won the grand final, your first one for the Crows. I was there. But I was living in Tasmania at the time, mm-hmm. and my, my family travelled over to Victoria because I, I was born in Ballarat. So we went over to Victoria to, to visit some family members, and I wanted a team to support. So mm-hmm. I was at the MCG in 1997 wearing a St Kilda hat because who, I loved seeing Aussie Jones at that point mm-hmm. just run up the wing with the <laughs> ball. Bouncing. He was. And obviously on a day like then, it was Andrew McLeod who did all the running and the bouncing. So I was there to witness you make history for South Australian football. So what happened? Like, like at what stage did you think maybe – Darren Jarman dominating and, and Andrew McLeod doing great things and Troy Bond kicking four goals. I think it got to the last quarter and I'm like, geez, I wonder if I can and get Adelaide Crows hat. We could have had the great Jared Walsh as our uh, as, a, as a supporter and you could have been announcing on at the Adelaide Football Club Yeah, there, there's a couple of guarantees in life and that is a, a guarantee that <laughs> so, would never so, happen. Yeah. So what happened? When did it switch from St Kilda to Port Adelaide? It was, no, just for that day. Oh. Because in Tasmania, there were there were no teams to support. I mean, they're still fighting to get a, a team now. So back in Tasmania, I liked Essendon, I liked St Kilda, and I moved to Port Adelaide in the late 90s. Oh, okay. And I wanted a team to support. And at that point... They uh, just come in in 97. They did. They? And Port Adelaide had a lot of Essendon players then with Shea Cockatoo Collins, Gavin Wanganin, Damien Hardwick made the move over. So I'm like, great, this is my team. So I've fallen in love with them ever since then. But then um, we shared this on the podcast, but I think it's funny to share because this is your right smack bang in my era of following football in the late 90s. Like this is primetime football. <laughs> but we had a photo shoot here at SENSA and the uh, the photographer, she's a fantastic photographer, but she asked if you were around or if you went to the game back in 97, 98. I'm used to that because I'm, <laughs> I'm like a – I'm like a vintage bottle of wine now. <laughs> well, I've got kids as well. And so, uh, like, what happens sometimes is the parents get quite excited because they're my vintage and they say to their young kids, oh, do you know who this is? And they've, of course, they've got no idea. They weren't born. And, and unfortunately for Adelaide, you know, all the young Adelaide fans, it's a it's a lifetime ago for uh, since we had success. So 
so the, the mum or the dad get very excited. The kids are sort of non-plus. They have a little glance sideways and that's about it. So uh, that, that suits me just fine. We are here thanks to Morn Team uh, MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. And yes, the Super Bowl was on yesterday. Dan Menzel, he's our Super Bowl guru. We will speak to him about that a little bit later on. But it was um, a, a big weekend for the Adelaide Crows where they announced that Jordan Dawson is going to be the skipper going into 2023. We can, we can deep dive into that a little bit later on. But I guess it comes in twofold, whether uh, Rory Sloan was um, sacrificial and selfless in his own decision-making or he was tapped on the shoulder. And then one year to be at a club and then be announced captain, they, they must see a lot in Jordan Dawson. Yeah, like I said, I think there's a few things to unpack here. And, and the first is that, um, don't underestimate, there would have been constant dialogue between Rory Sloan and uh, Matthew Nix and a whole range of people. Rory as well, I'm sure, would have some some trusted confidants that he's, you know, bouncing things off and talking to because, as you said, he is uh, one of, if not the most selfless players and he he would have wanted to do what's right for the club. And, and there is, unfortunately, there's just that little bit of doubt surrounding coming off a knee reconstruction, the, the position the club's in where – they still want to give opportunities to younger players. And so you would think that his role, uh, we're not going to go back to four or five years ago when he was one of the premier midfielders in the competition. I just don't see that happening. I think they want to play the Rochelle and, and Rankin. They've got uh, Pedler who they want to insert in there. They've got Schomburg. They've got Berry, of course, Laird's there, Keys. So they've got enough players to play in that sort of key midfield role that they want to really find out about. So, Rory's role will be diminished slightly, I think, whether that's half back, half forward, wing. So there's there's that part of it. There's the fact that his his body has let him down a little bit in recent times. Um, and then you've got a person in Jordan Dawson who they clearly have a, a great deal of trust in. So second in the best and fairest last year, comes from a really strong culture in Sydney. Clearly they liked what they saw last year. Uh, and they, you know, he's sort of gone forward again. And I'm, I'm pretty sure him being added to the leadership group last year, halfway through the season, they would have said to him, look, there's real, there's a real opportunity here. If you are prepared over the preseason to put your head down, you could be, um, you know, in the, in the sort of position where you could be the captain, next captain of this footy club. So clearly he's picked up the rope and, and done that as well. So yeah, I uh, have seen this work uh, a number of times in terms of one captain stepping down, handing over the reins to another one. you if it's the right person, they're there in the background. They're a, a sounding board when needed. So now you've got Sloan and Walker as those two senior players. When I played, um, uh, Mark Rusciuto became captain and I continued to play on. I think Mark Rusciuto might have done a similar thing where he might have stood aside and it would have been Simon Goodwin, the next guy mm. that would have went through. So there's, you know, there's plenty of uh, history that says that it that can work really, really well. And that's not to say that I'm writing off Rory Sloan. I think there's every chance that he will have a still have a really good year this year. And the reason I say that is because he's just got um, he's got this competitiveness about him, and he's he, he is a he's a guy who can will himself to be great. Uh, and I've spoken to him a couple of times in this preseason, and you know asked about his knee, uh, and he's really happy with it. He's he's in front of what he thought he was going to be, and. And he's just so pumped and excited for this year. So I wouldn't write him off by a long stretch. And I hope that he has a really cracking year. He's a great support for Jordan Dawson and that Jordan Dawson has a sort of seamless transition as well, plays great footy and steps into this leadership role.
big generational shift when it comes to a lot of AFL captains too. So Rory Sloan steps away, Scott Pendlebury, Nat Fife, Joel Selwood last season, and then Jess Ebel. Yeah, and there's question marks about around Dyson Heppel at Essendon too. So mm. there's a, a lot of change in the AFL. So we will have a chat about that a little bit later on. Um, if you do want to get involved in the show, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The caller of the week will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice flavored milks, and fresh juices. Lots of text messages to get through too. Uh, we will read them out next when we find out what's happening on all of the socials. It's going to be 29 degrees today. It's 13 minutes past six. Bix is here on SENSA Breakfast. Make sure you give us a call as well. one 736 736 As we are about to head to a bit of a break, uh, Rihanna's Super Bowl performance yesterday at halftime. Thoughts? Yeah, um, once again, not a huge Rihanna fan. Uh, it looks spectacular, and, and I'm sure it'll kick off the debate should we have a night grand final here with the AFL because the entertainment looks so much better? Here's a here's a news flash. I reckon it would have been pretty good in the afternoon as well. Like it, <laughs> it comes down to the entertainment, doesn't it? I've never seen a bad uh, Super Bowl uh, performance at halftime. So she was great, uh, and yeah, it just went off beautifully. Uh, what, do you have a favourite Rihanna song? I think the one she finished with. Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, like that was diamond. written by Adelaide girl Sia. Was it really? There's a fun fact there, for you. There was the connection. I knew I liked it. I hey, you're on. It. Well done. Good morning. <laughs> it's 14 minutes past six on SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 19 minutes past six. Happy Tuesday morning. Mark Bickley is here. He's had the longest preseason in history and he's finally decided to make it into SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, joining us on the show this morning, the Premier of South Australia, Malcolm Blight. I mean, Peter Malinowskis. We'll also catch up with Blighty as well. <laughs> uh, and Dan Menzel to talk everything at Super Bowl, which wrapped up yesterday with a... Well, I, I'm not a massive pundit when it comes mm. to Super Bowl and NFL, but I thought an underwhelming finish to the match yesterday. I sat down for the last two minutes, which took 15 minutes to complete, and then everyone was taking knees and then stopping before getting touchdowns. And, I mean, that's, that shows how much my knowledge is. Yeah, well, when you say underwhelming finish, it was one of the closest finishes that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and, and there was some... Uh, some tactical nous involved. There's a, one of the guys could have went over the, and the line and got a touchdown, but instead he decided to dive out of bounds, and that meant they could chew, chew the clock down because the, the scores were level at the time. Of course, Dan Menzel will tell us much in much more detail why he did that. But then they were able to <clears throat> go with the a field goal, basically, which put him in front, which gave the opposition basically one chance from miles away to uh, throw a Hail Mary and, and win the game, but they weren't able to do it. Heartbreak for the Australians. We did have an SMS coming in through as well from uh, Lisa Fifey, who says, Rihanna's performance, still not about it. Bad girl Riri fans still at me in my inbox. Happy first day. Super Bowl game was epic. So mm. shows that um, Lisa knows a lot more than we do. Uh, <laughs> let's well, I, say, I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Rihanna's performance as well, even though it looked like she was on the Super Mario video game when she was mm. jumping on all of those blocks. And it was a little bit wobbly at one stage. You yeah. could see in the background. I'm glad she was tethered down. Yes, but that was where the dancers were really good because one of them, their responsibility was to untether her and then re-tether her. Mm. And that could have been an, a malfunction of a different kind. Let's welcome <laughs> Jason. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. 
Morning, Jace, and uh, this is your chance to say good morning to Mark Bickley as well. Morning, Bix. How are you? I'm well, Jace. Uh, thank you for setting us up here beautifully today. Pleasure. Good to have you in. And a quick funny story about Malcolm Blight. Uh, with a little, little bit of last-minute reshuffling last night, the Premier's office rang up and said, look, can we change times? Mm. Uh, we want to go after 8 o'clock because we were originally had uh, Peter Malinowskis at 7.45. Um, and I explained to the Premier that uh, I needed to contact Malcolm Blight and just clear it with him first. Mm. So uh, <laughs> we managed to get the all clear from Blighty and good, uh, good. All, all is going ahead as per plan. But let's have a look at what uh, we're asking the listeners today. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there, yourself included, boys. Thank you so much. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Bix, um, you can say it as well. No, I'm sort of... I'm he gets really old. Oh, he's not as Jace, I've known Bix for a lot, of, a lot of years and he never says I love you back when I say I love you and it makes him awkward, so I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> love, love's a strong word. We've only been working together for, for one morning. Yeah, but you could say I tolerate you and that's good enough. <laughs> that's love. Uh, well, I love Robbie Gray and I'd love to send him a Valentine's Day message today. Which athlete would you like to send a Valentine's Day message? To uh, most Crow supporters, look under the bed before they go to sleep for Robbie Gray. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think really? that's fair to say. Yeah. He is a star and uh, we miss him already. But uh, the other question we're asking as well is your ideal romantic story for 2023. What would it be? Would it be uh, Isaac Rankin kicking the goal after the siren to win the showdown? Is it uh, Jason Horn Francis doing likewise? Oh, yeah. Or it could be. Travis Boak having a Joel Selwood moment. So mm. Tommy Jonas says, come up and um, celebrate a premiership with us on the dais, holding it up. And Travis Boak farewells his career with a premiership for the power. That'd be quite romantic. Well, <laughs> all this, this, this whole slant is on who you barrack for, isn't it? it I is. think yeah, it everyone is. could say the same thing about Roy Sloan. Uh, yeah. Coming back from the knee reconstruction, of course, uh, Jilted Rory and Tex in 2017. Could there be redemption for them? Could they have a, a Cinderella story similar to Collingwood last year, 17th, right up to uh, you know almost the grand final? So yeah. I think all Crows fans are hoping for some sort of romantic tale like that. That'd be nice. Yes. Write your own script for Valentine's Day. That's what we're asking you to do. And we've got a Twitter poll up as well, boys. Uh, who should Travis Head replace in the Australian batting lineup for mm. the second test in India? Now... Uh, not who do you think he will replace, who mm. do you think he should replace? And the three options I've given you, including other, so there's a fourth option, other, but the three options I've given you are David Warner, Matt Renshaw, or Peter Hanscom. So mm. All right. we'll see what people say about that. We will have a big chat about that after 7 o'clock as well with the Daily Agenda. Thank you very much, Jace. We're here thanks to Tyre Power. Big holiday sale is now on at 25 minutes past 6. Let's quickly go through a couple of texts. 0427-154-166. There was one that just says, welcome to SEN Bix, which is lovely. Um, this is from AJ. Wasn't sure how you're going to go, Bix. Now you've reminded everyone that the Crow's success was more than a lifetime ago. I've decided you'll be okay. <laughs> well, the truth hurts. I like this one as well. This is Gents, I thought I'd get back on SENSA this morning because the previous show, um, uh, they were talking about uh, the Crows too much. When the first thing that comes out this morning is about the Crows, Captain, you've lost me already. I'm not the only power supporter to tune out since Kane uh, is on Monday and Friday. Disappointing SENSA. You're doing nothing different than the other Crows station, Powerfill. Can I just step in? Is that all right? <clears throat> you're, you're our... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not only supporter. a Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide ambassador, I live in the area mm. and I also work for Port Adelaide. So if you want to hear Port Adelaide stuff, positive stuff, you are, mm. you've come to the right place. I'm your guy. Exactly. And we, we will speak with Ken Hinckley and all the important power people. Um, I've been down at Port Adelaide having a look at how they're going as well. They, you had to go with security though. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was welcome <laughs> down there. It was, was in the precinct actually, which is quite remarkable. It's a fantastic facility down there. So um there's plenty of good stuff that we'll be able to talk about Port Adelaide because I actually think Port Adelaide will jump back into the eight. I think they'll finish in the top six even. See, so listen to that, Phil. See, you, mm. he's back now. Okay, we've got another one from Jason. We'll get to next. If you want to do, send us a text. 0427-154-166. It's 26 minutes past six. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 29 minutes to 7. Happy Tuesday morning. A warm week weather-wise. We'll give you all of that info in the news in the next couple of minutes. Mark Bickley is here for the first time at SENSA. And we've had a lot of texts coming through. Bix 0427-154-166. Before the news, this is from Jason. Mark Bickley, I would like to welcome you to SENSA. Your insights on AFL football are great. Did you send this yourself, Bix? <laughs> I have three questions. Who was the best player you played with at South? And at the Crows, who was the best player you played against? What leaders inspired in your life? So that's four questions, but that's mm. okay. And news in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with South Adelaide. Uh, I played, very, very lucky to play a little bit with Mark Naley in 1991. He was a superstar. Had to go past Nigel Smart as well, who turned out to be an absolute champ. Nigel and I started uh, very similar times at South. In terms of the Crows, where do you start and where do you stop? McLeod, Rashudo, Goodwin, Edwards, Wren, um, Ben Hart. So there's about a half a dozen there. Hard to split. Uh, and then the best players I played against. This is one thing I love talking about because I am so happy with the era that I played in. Uh, let's start with the full forwards. Carey, Ablett, uh, uh, Jason Dunstall, Tony Lockett. We played against all those great players. Uh, then you've got Craig Bradley, Robert Harvey. They were sort of more the guys I played on. John Platten was another. So... No wonder I never got a kick when we played against the good teams. Like, I was battling away against some of the greatest players the game's ever seen. So, like, if I had to narrow it down, I think Robert Harvey and Craig Bradley were the two hardest players I played on. Um, and I think Wayne Carey was the most dominant mm. player in the game during my time. So, All right. Well, thank go. you, Jace. Thanks for sending your text through as well. You can do that for the whole show. 0427 154 166. We are here. Thanks to Montem. NG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. Plenty of news going around at the moment in the AFL world. We will get to it next. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Walsh. Let's Good morning to you. 23 minutes to 7. Mark Bickley is here. His first day at SENSA and it's it's quite fitting because it's on Valentine's Day too. So if you want to send him a Valentine's message, uh, 1300 736 736. If you're listening on the app, that's probably the best way you can get in touch directly because there's a, a couple of shortcuts there to send us a text or to give us a call. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo powered by Lumo Energy SA and Bix. It wouldn't be a morning. It wouldn't be a beautiful Welcome to SEN Breakfast. If it wasn't for Annie calling up, morning, Annie. Oh, good morning, Walshie. 
Um, well, first of all, welcome, Bix, and I'll just let you know that I'm all Port Adelaide, so I don't want to hear anything about the crows. <laughs> Good work, Annie. <laughs> are you are you excited? Are you excited going into this year, Annie? Oh, I am excited. I am extremely excited because it's thirty two more sleeps mm-hmm. till we're at the portress. Okay, so it's all. Yeah, it's on the countdown, and um, yeah, I'm just yeah really excited. Hopefully, we can have a injury free year because I believe that we've got all the makings to um, go all the way with a few extra additions. Mm. But obviously, the key is um, injuries. So hopefully, we had our bad run last year because it was terrible last year with injuries. So. Um, yeah, so I can't wait. And I'm going to the trial on Friday night, so I'll get my first look at all my beautiful boys. Oh, well played. Annie, uh, enjoy that and enjoy the season. Thanks Thank for, you, thanks for Annie. Uh, let's get into this because uh, it was a big week when it comes to both of our teams uh, around South Australia, the SEN Spotlight. Yeah. Your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. I mean, where do we start with this, Bix, at uh, 21 minutes to 7? Saturday morning was when the announcement came out from the Adelaide Crows Mm. that Rory Sloan would be stepping aside as skipper Jordan Dawson is the new captain. So there's there's lots of things to unpack here. First of all, Saturday morning, is that an interesting time to make that announcement? I would have thought it would have been a, a, a midweek thing with a press conference instead of a, an email going out via correspondence. Yeah, look, <clears throat> not sure why or how uh, that took place. Um, does it matter? Not really. I'm guessing as long as their fans get the opportunity to, to hear from Jordan, which I think they've done over the last couple of days. I, I know they were keen to do it before the trial matches, and, and I think most clubs now have just about settled on who's their skipper. Perhaps Essendon might be the only one. Uh, Ken Hinckley recently said that Tom Jonas is going to go on, yep. so we'll hear a little bit about that uh, later on in the show. But um, it was interesting, uh, and of course, Jordan Dawson uh, spoke yesterday um, to Kane Corns. Yeah, on fact. Sports Day. And the, there was a suggestion that maybe he was a reluctant leader. And what was the process? Did he have to be convinced? So let's have a listen to what Jordan Dawson had to say. Yeah, well, I think um, last year, like I said, with Sloaney going down, it was probably that opportunity for myself. And I, I do think coming in, I sort of had those chats with Nipsey and he was watching from afar um, when I was at Sydney of my on-field sort of leadership. You could see that coming through. And I've always sort of play my best footy when I'm when I'm le- trying to lead the group as well on field. So um, from that aspect, it wasn't as much a surprise. But I think I've just created good relationships, and um, I think the club can see my passion for the for the for the club and for the boys. And um, and yeah, I think it's probably what I didn't really gather was the respect and mm. um, and what the players sort of voting me in as well was, was something that I. You're never really sure of where you sit, and I think that was a real honour from to hear from a lot of the players and where they sort of saw me as a leader. Do they make those votes public amongst the rest of the group so everyone can sort of see where they sit? Um, not not at this stage. We haven't. I think the coaches and um, some of the leadership group have sort of been across across the voting and stuff, and they yeah they said that obviously polled pretty well. Mm. So there you go. Um, 
what I take out of that is um, how quickly he's been able to make an impact on the group. You know, you, you, so you're talking he's only been there one year. I mentioned earlier in the show, finished second in the best and fairest last year. Clearly has made a big impact on the group because now they've sort of seen fit to um, endorse him, I guess, as players. As you know, and, and the player vote is one part of it. Then you've got the coaching staff as well who, who add to it and then they make a recommendation to the board and then, of course, it gets ratified. So you need, you need votes in all camps and clearly he's got the, um, um, the respect of all the players. He's got you know, their votes, he's got the coaches' votes and, and then it just gets rubber stamped. So well done to Jordan Dawson. I think we all sit back now. His deeds on the field look after themselves. We don't really know much about him, so that's probably going to be... One of the things that that he'll notice most is that his time will now become a bit more uh, in demand in terms of media, in terms of sponsors, and all those different things uh, that he probably has been shielded a little bit from. So, do you have a responsibility as a, a former captain to get in touch with him? And it's like a the captain's cartel, so you need to send a message <laughs> around and say, "Hey, congratulations." Obviously, you're not going to shout him dinner because we know what you like with that. Oh, but tight. Uh, <laughs> Very tidy. <laughs> but, uh, I hope he's not expecting that. <laughs> but something like that. Because <laughs> I think that would be really nice because of the, the history of the club and the, the former captains. Oh, look, I, I've been fortunate because I sort of still uh, have a slight involvement down at Adelaide. Um, you know, doing the, I do the Crow show. So, um, and, and I have two boys. So we get invited down for the father-son academy that's down at Adelaide. So you cross paths with paths with all the players and you get to know them you know on a you know a, a slight basis so whether it was Jordan or whether it was anyone else you know that you know a little bit you'd send him a text so I sent Jordan a text and he sent a really nice reply as well so I I, I look forward to uh to where it goes from here because what I often see and I think we saw it with you know if you look back upon a number of the captains let's take Adelaide for example I think Mark Rashido became a better player once he was captain I think Simon Goodwin did the same um Nathan Van Berlow, you know, they had that sort of remarkable period, or not remarkable, but a really good period when he was in charge. Taylor Walker, I thought, grew in stature. Rory Sloan, a little bit the same. So, and he, he was already a great player. So I think there's some upside for Jordan uh, in terms of playing and the way you see yourself and the and the timing of, you know, what you do on the field. I think there's a, there's a really strong possibility that he'll become a better player. What's he like? I think for a lot of um, supporters who would be questioning the decision because he's only been at the club for 12 months mm. and you're going on past captain, so you're looking at Rory and you're looking at Taylor more recently and seeing how they carry themselves on the field, mm. quite assertive when someone needs to step in, when there's um, a, a bit of physicality, they're the first ones to step in. Um, how is he as a person and does that person click into gear when he goes onto the field from your experiences yeah, with him? Look, I, I think that there's, there's a couple of things about the captaincy. Is It's, it's quite um, collegiate now. Like you, you've got four or five guys in the leadership group, so you, you no longer rely on just one guy as the, the guy – the, the games and the balance got to step up. You know, that was the old, you know, kick it to Wayne Carey, kick it to Mark Rashuda. He's the best. Stephen Kernahan, they're the best player. Just kick it to them and they'll win you the game. That, that doesn't happen anymore. It just, it just doesn't. And so what, what you rely on is, is those, that whole group of players. And you can put Sloan and Walker in that group as well as, as leaders because they're still going to lead on, on, the, on the field. But the other thing that, about the captaincy is, is when you think about the week, the game is 
what is it, three hours of a week, which is probably 30 hours. So there's so many other things that, that the captaincy involves. And, and most importantly is, is the maintaining of standards, the building of relationships. It's making people feel valued, making people feel comfortable. It's being able to be approachable enough so people can come up and, and talk to you about something they're not happy with or, um, you know, a suggestion, all those different things. So, so a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, like, how come he leapt frogged Brody Smith or Rory Laird, you know, they're great players and Laird won the best and fairest last year. But there's everyone has different personalities and, and traits and, and clearly the stuff that Jordan does in the the other twenty eight hours of the week as opposed to just the game day is is really impressive. So, you know, that's that's why you know, I, I am really um, apprehensive about ever criticizing decisions that coaches make and the way and, and talking about when players talk because they see the full picture. They see 30 hours a week. We see three. Mm. And maybe if we go down the training once or twice, we might see five and a half out of 30. You're still not seeing all the stuff that's going on in meetings behind closed doors and all those things. So um, I'm, you know, as an Adelaide uh, supporter, really excited about Jordan and, and um, he comes from Sydney culture, which is revered in AFL footy. So he does bring something that's a little bit different. So I'm looking forward to it. This is what he had to say on Sports Day about his leadership style. Yeah, I think obviously I'll I'll have to do a bit more media and whatnot, but it is, I suppose my character is quite um, introverted in terms of that side of things. But I think internally, um, you know, the the players and the staff would say I'm extremely caring and a compassionate guy, but I've said this a number of times, I want to win and, um, and I'll be driving our standards and what we stand for as a club and um, and I think they can see that game day and that's why a lot of them back me in is because I'll game day I'm competitive and I want to win and um, and yeah, I'll do whatever's best for the team. So Bix, what does that mean for Tom Duday? Because the, the noise around the town is that he's got an option to go home at the end of the year and people who like to um, get into conspiracy theories say, well, the club sees that he's not going to be here next year, so they're going to give the captaincy to Jordan Dawson, which is a bit disrespectful to Jordan Dawson, who's earned it. But for Tom, would would he be disappointed or do you think almost relieved because he needs to focus on keeping his body right and to focus on football? Uh, look, we'll have to ask Tom that, but I, I think he would have been disappointed, but that's fine. Um, you're allowed to be disappointed if, if uh, something doesn't go your way. But at the same time, um, we look back a little bit in history and, and a similar thing happened when Taylor Walker was made captain and Rory Sloan was overlooked. And everyone, oh, well, Rory's gone. He'll be, you know, free agent soon and he'll head home. And But it didn't happen uh, because it was about the quality of the person and, and he still felt he had unfinished business here. So it'll, it'll all come down to that with Tom. Where does he see the future of the footy club? Uh, he's, you've got to remember, he's invested probably seven years of his life here in Adelaide. He's settled, he's bought a house, he's renovating, he's doing all stuff that young men do. So I, I don't think it's a fait accompli. Oh, I didn't get the captaincy, I'm going back to, uh, to, to Melbourne. So I would think that the way Adelaide performed this year, the way Tom performs, uh, the, the future of the club, the young group that's coming through, if they play really good footy, and they develop and they, they're moving closer towards finals or playing finals, I think that would be a compelling case for him to stick around and, and enjoy the fruits of five tough years. You know, remember, he wasn't in the team in 2017. Mm. didn't enjoy that sort of that extended period of, you know, relative success. I know it wasn't the ultimate success, but then he's had to grind through a lot of the hard yards. So 
I would think that uh, he would be reluctant to leave if Adelaide are certainly pushing into the right direction. Crows fans, what do you think? We'd love to hear from you. one 736 736 We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is 10 minutes to 7. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Five minutes to seven. Happy Tuesday. Mark Bickley is officially in the seat here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. The air conditioner's cranking. You'll find that throughout the next few days, Bix. The air conditioner's very good in the studio. Outside, it's warm. 29 today, 35 tomorrow. 38 on Thursday. Summer. It's still going. Still got a bit of kick left in it. Yeah, it's still going. Have you got a have you got a date for Valentine's Day? Have I got a date? Yeah. Oh, I I do. Okay. Yeah, my beautiful wife Tori. Okay, okay. I I do. Feb fourteen. <laughs> we going down this path. <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. Really. <laughs> uh, let's get why you were asking me. <laughs> let's get strange. into a sports update. The SCNSA breakfast sports update. Yes, and it's a good one too because the SA Redbacks took outright points against WA yesterday at Adelaide Oval and have catapulted themselves to third spot on the Sheffield Shield ladder. I haven't said that for a while. Mm. Uh, not only uh, was today, yesterday's, 164-run triumph the Redbacks' first victory on their home turf in three years, but it also heralded the first time in as many summers the competition cellar dweller had strung together back-to-back Shield successes. So they resumed on day four at two for 139 needing 468, that was Western Australia, for victory. The Warriors lost Cam Bancroft, uh, and then he, he was the first to fall. And then McAndrew um, claimed his second of his four wickets for the innings. WA was eventually bowled out for 303, with wickets falling at regular intervals. And he's out, caught behind. He's walked Bancroft on his way, and a wicket for McAndrew. Edge and caught, brilliantly caught at first slip. A brilliant take by Ben Menenti. And the wicket falls, Cartwright, just after bringing his 50 up. Short, takes the glove, and he's caught by Menenti. Umpire Wilson nods, and he's on his way. So Stornis gone. Short ball, cries of catch, and gone, Inglis. The key wicket to fall. McAndrew's brilliant game gets even better. In the air, this could be it. Mid on, it's under it, and Daniel Drew completes a brilliant match for him and his side. The Redbacks bowled Western Australia out for 303. They win the match by 164 runs, back-to-back wins, and they move to third spot on the Sheffield Shield table. Oh, there you go. Good work to uh, Dizzy and his team there, third spot. Uh, Let's talk footy. Tom Jonas will again captain Port Adelaide after the power decided to not make any changes to their leadership group. It's the fifth season Jonas will wear the number one for Port Adelaide and he'll be supported by Vice-Captain Ollie Wines. Darcy Byrne-Jones is the other part of the unchanged leadership group. Port Adelaide senior coach Ken Hinckley spoke on Sports Day yesterday and said there was no doubt about Jonas remaining in the skipper's role. Let's start with the the present. Tom's our captain and will be our captain for 2023, and he'll be he'll so be that, assisted. That's locked in. That's locked in, and he'll be assisted by Ollie Wines again, and and Darcy is part of the uh, the leadership group, and we'll emerge those next 
emerging leaders, which we're really comfortable. We've got quite a few that are coming through. And Connor is one of those players that we think at some stage down the down the path, and, and let's not put too much pressure on anyone, but we think down the path he's got the potential to be a leader of our football club, whether that's an official captain or not. He, he needs to continue to improve and show leadership in those areas outside of just playing because he's a very good player but he needs to, to keep growing mm. his own his own profile as a leader and I'm sure he will but at some stage in the in the future I think he's a he's a potential opportunist to go into those roles now don't forget on Friday at Albert and Port have their internal trial too um, the the tickets being sold because um, the the ground needs to basically have a capacity because of all the construction being done mm. um, they've, they've split the charities up so all of the proceeds going to their charity partners which is going to be great and give you a really good insight to see some of these players for the first time as well, like Jason Horn Francis and Junior Rioli and a, a fully fit Charlie Dixon and like a, a fully fit Scott Lysett, which is very exciting for power fans. It is. And they've, uh, we've got Arthur who sent us a text talking about some of the younger players. Josh Sin is someone yeah. that everyone's looking forward to seeing with his left foot and his speed. There's a whole range of uh, other young players. Miles Bergman looking to cement his spot in the team. And of course, Horn Francis, we forget, is still a teenager. So he's a, a very exciting young player. And I mentioned I was down at Port Adelaide the other day. That construction uh, is well underway, like the whole half of the building. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 what we would know as the old training facility has been knocked down. Uh, the car park is gone. They're, they're building like a soccer pitch size. It's amazing. All uh, of the staff are actually under the old grandstand. Mm-hmm. And it looks like when you go in and see to where, where the staff are, that they are in one of those movies where they have to set up a hub and they have to cross to the FBI, and they're all close together (laughs) with just a a makeshift tent, (laughs) just getting everything together. But above that is the beautiful precinct, which is Mm. an outstanding place to go as well. So it's exciting times for Port Adelaide fans. We're going to speak more about the power a little bit later on. But coming up next, we'll catch up with Dan Menzel. Uh, He is our resident Super Bowl guy, and some big-name guests today as well. Malcolm Blight, the Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis, and Mark Bickley is here, and we are going to deep dive into the capitulation of the Australian Test team over the weekend. It didn't even get to three days. They are 1-0 down in the series against India and we will cover it all at 7 o'clock on SENSA. Good morning. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's the wait is over. It is a brilliant morning to be here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA because Mark Bickley is here for the first time. If you have just tuned in on 1629 or on the app, you've missed a really good first hour. It's great to have you. How are you feeling so far, Bix? Oh, it's flying. It's just gone like that. Just click my fingers there. Um, came in, it was dark, obviously, early this morning. The yes. sun's out. There's a little bit of activity happening. Of course, we front up to King William Street, number one uh, King William Street here in the Lumo Energy Studio. And we've got some really big guests still to come, which I'm excited about. What are we going to ask the Premier? I mean... There's, there's so many things to ask him. His fitness regime, because um, he's got a really good, <laughs> good rig. Nick, yeah. Really good. He's he, got us he, both covered. Yes, bringing lots of great events to South Australia. Well, that's uh, the thing. I did a quick little, uh, you know, audit of what he's done since he started his premiership. At, look, and I must say, you know, I, I don't uh, have a strong affiliation with either sort of party, but yes. Vale 500, mm-hmm. got that back up and going. The Gather Round, he yep. uh, lobbied hard to get that. Live Golf. Uh, I'm sort of uh, half and half whether that's a good or a bad thing, but anyway, I'm happy that uh, that's going to it's going to be it's going to be good. Can golf? I quickly tell you something about Live Golf? Please do. Um, without en- getting enlighten me because I don't really know enough about it. Okay, so w- with all the noise going on about where all the the funding and stuffs coming from, that's fine. Let's just let's just separate yeah, that, that for a yeah, moment. Exactly. Yep. Um, 
we're still a while away from the competition coming to Grange. Mm. Um, already, uh, the organizers uh, organizers have booked out almost one thousand hotel rooms mm. for um, people traveling to broadcast and to play. So it's for for tourism and stuff. It, it it will be good. I heard exactly the same thing about the gather round. That's gone yes. absolutely bananas. Yes. And uh, tickets are rapidly selling for that. I think the Port Adelaide gather round game might just It's sold be, out. Yeah. Yep. Because they've got the, I think it's Melbourne and the Bombers playing beforehand on yep. the doubleheader, which is enormous. Uh, and then we've got the New Year's test now is uh, in the sights. Mm. I did have a couple of other ideas. Okay. Do you want to wait to throw them at the Premier or you want to test them on me first to see if you should do it? I want to test them on you, see if I should go. Okay. What about the Adelaide to Hobart yacht race? Okay, well, I'm just going to say that's a no. Right? That's, um, that's, uh, and there was one more. Yeah, um, okay. It was actually on the weekend in Sydney, I think. That was the Mardi Gras. Maybe we could poach that, get that down King William Street. I think that would be spectacular here mm. in South We're Australia. festival state. Yep, we get you on a rich, float. A rich heritage here yep. with our former Premier, Don Dunstan, in his sort of flamingo-coloured uh, safari suit. Yep, I... And we've got a great view. This is what my missus said to me, actually. I was trying to talk about how good it was being here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mm. And I wanted to talk about radio, the opportunity to work with my mate, Mark Bickley, again. She's like, oh, we'll get a good viewing spot for the Christmas pageant. No. Like, thanks. It'll be 10 deep by, up against oh, I the know, I so, know. So there's a couple of ideas for uh, uh, Premier Malinowski. Because if you're listening, you might have – you know, half an hour or so to just get on the phone and yes. see what you can do. Yeah, definitely. Dan Menzel <laughs> and Malcolm Blight will join us very soon. Let's get into the Daily Agenda. It's safe to say that the Australian cricket team have gone mm. from being the uh, hero of the summer to now the most hated uh, international <laughs> sporting team. From from social media's uh, reaction over the weekend, there was a lot going on in Nagpur. Yeah, look, it's... um. I, I guess that started with with Travis Head. I, I think there were a lot of people just shaking their head. Look, it's 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 ramped up here because he's South Australian, and you know, so we all know and love Travis, and we're we're so proud that he was able to work his way into the side and really cement that position. And and most people thought he was the player of the series uh, in that the last Test series we had here in, on our soil. So to have him dropped when when he was in as good as form as he's ever been, it just just didn't make any sense and we all thought that's the, a silly decision and then to have it um, affirmed by the performances of the, the, the other players that, that played so I think what did you think when you saw the news because there was outrage shock confusion and then there's the the people that take a step back and try to look really balanced mm. at it to think well there's obviously a reason why that this decision has been made let's try and take away the oh it's because he's South Australian mentality well, that, which isn't a thing no it's that's not a thing oh, when I looked at it the what it, what it sort of smacked of to me was well guess what we've been to India how many times and it hasn't worked so so let's be bold and maybe it hasn't worked because we've we've picked players that aren't great players of spin and and Rightly or wrongly, they've labelled Travis as one of those players and they've tried to bring in a Matt Renshaw who, you know, and, and Uzi Kawaja, th those players who arguably are better players of spin. It doesn't excuse there's a couple of others in there. David Warner, who doesn't have a great record. So his average David Warner in India is 22. Mm, exactly. So it's well below, you know, what we've come to expect from him, uh, particularly here in Australia. So I think that was the reasoning if we just go back to India and we just 
pick our best team um, who have been great in Australia and expect that they're going to be great in India, then that, that hasn't worked in the past, so maybe it won't work again. My theory with that is really – I still, I still think being in great form is a, is a really important thing. And, and I think the Travis Head that p- perhaps hasn't played that well against spin has never been in career best form. And, and I think that is really important. So I would have loved to have seen him play. I hope he gets an opportunity. And I hope that this little hiccup, if he does come back in, hasn't dented his confidence or changed the way that he goes about it. I'd love to, to him to – to still keep that attacking mentality, you know, he's mm. going at almost to run a ball when he plays. So I just hope that he gets another opportunity and it hasn't dented his confidence. Um, and then the rest of the team, the performance, and it's easy to, to compare, um, 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 what's Justin Langer when, yes. when he coached, did the players love Justin Langer? It, uh, clearly they didn't. And he challenged them on standards and a whole lot of things. But the one thing that he brings as a coach, he brings grit. And that was the one thing you could say there was just nothing of it. We, mm. we collapsed like a pack of cards. It was, uh, it was embarrassing. And you could hear, you know, blokes like Alan Border and, and others who, were, who said the players should be embarrassed because it was just too easy the way that they, they capitulated, I guess, in that test. So, so did they make the, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of people, particularly my sort of demographic who love the way that Justin Langer goes about it and, and he gives that strong feedback. And I think that that makes players a little bit stronger and a bit tougher. And I just feel like that's the danger going forward. If you get someone who's a little bit more touchy-feely uh, and the players get a little, uh, this sense of comfort mm. and, you know, like we're going pretty well and we're having a good time. How does that stand up when it gets really tough? Ian Healy was scathing in his remarks as well about the preparation of the pitch, but also the uh, the attitude of the, the ground staff in Nagpur, mm. considering um, the Aussies had a bit of time to practice. This is what Heal said. That's just not good for cricket. The ICC have to step in here and say, our nations need to trust each other much better. If you request certain conditions to practice and prepare on, you must get them. And for them to water the water the wicket um, unceremoniously, and when the, the, it was requested for practice, is horrible. So we're asking on social media so just, today. Just, just following up on that comment, that was after Australia got cleaned up in three days. Yes. They then wanted to practice the next day, so yep. they booked the training ground and they wanted to get out there and practice. And that training ground was then, as you heard, watered unceremoniously. So I'm guessing they were going to practice against spin on a really dry, dusty, turning wicket, but they weren't able to. What What did we expect as the Australian cricket team to go over to India, though, for them to put on a ticker tape parade for us and say, hey, welcome, Australia. We're going to be pleasant to you. I mean, there are certain things which are mm. almost – borderline going against the rules, obviously, when it comes to the preparation, but they're going to do everything that they can. And you you can see, and even like with Damien Hoff here at Adelaide Oval, Mm -hmm. he will go and speak to the captains. He will go and speak to the the team officials. India is a different beast when it comes to international cricket (laughs) and their influence on what needs to be done is right in front of you. They're not going to make things easy. Well, but this is is the thing. I I think if, if it continues to go down this path, and and countries prepare wickets specifically, and this was beyond any any sane cricket person can say. They they prepared it for their own bowlers. Yeah. It would get taken out of their hands. Like we'll end up with at one stage. You know, when we had the the the, uh, the match fixing allegations, we stopped having local umpires, and you got non biased. You know, like uh, 
not umpires from your country, basically. So in the end, if we continue to go down this path and India win every test match at home in three days, uh, and now it's not good for cricket. Mm. What they'll start to have to say is, well, let's get someone who is uh, neutral to prepare the wicket and they, and they do it based on what is going to produce a good game and hopefully a good game in test cricket lasts longer than two and a half days and teams can make more than 100. Now, that's not letting Australia off the hook because guess what? India batted and made 400. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like it was, you know, that was so bad that nobody could bat on it. But what it, what it also highlights to me is a little bit of, um, I'm not sure arrogance is the right word or, or um, overconfidence, but to go to India and not play a warm-up game, like coming off bouncy wickets here in Adelaide and, and all around Australia, I should say, and then going over there and, and playing on a dust bowl, at least give yourself a little bit of preparation by playing, you know, for three or four days against, you know, a, in a tour match just to get the opportunity to see what it's like and get your head around what is a vastly different pitch. We are asking on our Twitter poll today as well what should happen with Travis Head, who he should replace, whether that is David Warner, whether a tough decision needs to be made and Trav can go and open um, the batting alongside Usman Khawaja. So definitely let us know. You can also send it to text 0427-154-166. We are going to have a chat to Dan Menzel next to discuss everything Super Bowl. I reckon he would have had a big day yesterday, men. So we'll see what... Plenty of people in. had a big day. Went past a few pubs yesterday. It was mm. down the Torrens Arms way. They had the uh, the courtyard pumping there. All right. Well, the Chiefs are all up and about. We'll have a chat to Dan Menzel next. It's 14 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Mark Bickley is here for the first time in 2023. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 19 minutes past seven. Don't forget the caller of the week this week will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice flavoured milks and fresh juices. You can get in touch via the show. If you got the app, you can call us and send us a text. We've got plenty of texts coming through as well. Bix, before we get to Dan Menzel. Yes, uh, 0427154166 is the SEN text line. This one is from Michael. It says, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, Head should replace Renshaw and Hanscom and be allowed to bat twice. (laughs) 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 Missed out on a hit in the first test. Why not? Uh, Looking forward to the year. Up the power. That's uh, Mick from Sydney. Love our Sydney listeners. Uh, And this one is an interesting one, a really uh, informed uh, text message. It says, uh, Bicker. I'm hoping that's auto-correct. I like, I, I like Bicker, and Bicker. I also like that you said correct. <laughs> auto-correct. Uh, no use playing a practice match in India. They produce green tops for the practice matches, and if it's an Indian 11, they don't even play a spinner. Yeah, here's me thinking that maybe there would be an element of fairness about it, but clearly not. Thanks for that one, Daniel. This is the the, the same guys walking out with the watering can and just making sure that <laughs> exactly. the pitch is tailored yeah. for thinking? A big day yesterday. One play left, in all likelihood. Jalen Hurts, he's got to come up with a miracle. He backs into the pocket, he lets the receivers get to the end zone. He stands and he heaves down the field. It's short of the end zone and the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. It is a legacy moment for Patrick Mahomes. It is testimony to the genius of Andy Reid. And it is pandemonium for this generation of Chiefs. 
big day yesterday, legacy day for Patrick Mahomes as well and the Chiefs and a sad day for Dan Menzel who joins us on the line right now, our NFL expert who's also an Eagles fan. Men's uh, commiserations, but a, a pretty big day yesterday. Well, she it uh, was a, a massive day and a challenging day for me. I almost prefer my team not playing in the game and, and not having that emotional roller coaster. But um, look, it was it was an incredible game for uh, the Chiefs to win thirty eight to thirty five against Philadelphia. Uh, I, I, we went in at half time and we're up twenty four to fourteen, and time of possession was twenty two minutes to Philly to eight minutes to the Chiefs, and I thought, oh. Would like to be a little bit further in front against Patrick Mahomes, and unfortunately, that's uh, that's what happened in the end. Uh, one of the uh, great young quarterbacks of the league showed how good he was and led his Chiefs to the win. It, it just seemed more f- efficient, didn't they? Whenever they had the ball, they were able to make the plays and uh, get it done. Like you said, they didn't have enough of the footy. How they saw the ball in the first half, but then in the second half, they started to get things done. Yeah, spot on, Bix. It's um, it's good to join the A team this morning, and you guys and. Um, it's, <laughs> you're right they barely had the ball um and you could just tell with momentum particularly in nfl momentum's a massive thing and it changed in the second half with a couple of massive plays uh one one of them was the uh the punt um from aaron sipos Mm. which wasn't the greatest connection unfortunately and then uh, the philly defense wasn't good enough to stop Kadarius tony running it back at 66 yards and then Mahomes, um, he only had one incompletion in the second half. So it just showed how, how dominant he was and, and the Chiefs were. And as a result, they've won two two balls in the last four years and they're not going anywhere anytime soon as well. So they've got big things coming, the Chiefs. Now, uh, tell us about, there was one pivotal decision. It was a holding decision. It was on, I think it might have been on the third down, big play, and it went against the Eagles. How did you see that? Yeah, not well, Vic. Uh, it was a frustrating <laughs> moment in the game. It, uh, look, if if it wasn't called, it's one of those ones, and mm. I use the analogy of AFL, it's one of those ones in the last two minutes of the grand final, um, as a forward you might lead, you'll get a, a slight grab. Umpire's there, he goes, look, am I calling this in an AFL grand final two minutes ago, a, a line ball call? No, I'm not. And that's... That's how I saw it. That's what I believe should have happened. Uh, they would have kicked a field goal if it wasn't called, which mm. would have meant that uh, Philadelphia would have had time to go down and either level the scores with a field goal or win it with a touchdown. So it was disappointing that such a big decision, such a big game was made by that. But, um, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, but, hey, Walsh, I've got one for you. Did you manage to tune in at half time? No, I did, and I thought Rihanna was spectacular in her performance. I think the um, the dancers were amazing, but I was also left a bit underwhelmed because there was all of this talk that maybe Drake would make an appearance, maybe Jay-Z would make an appearance. Even when she started singing All of the Lights, I thought it'd be really controversial, but Kanye could make an appearance here too. So yeah. that was the kind of underwhelming part, but I still think she was she was pretty good. And she's got lots of hits. Bix and I were singing them earlier. He likes Shine Bright Like a Diamond. He <laughs> sang that as he made his way into the studio this morning. What were your thoughts? Uh, I'm a big fan of Umbrella. Um mm. But uh, my thoughts were that uh, I agree completely. I think that last year with Dr. Dre running and having Eminem make an appearance, having Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, it made it incredible with all the different acts. And 
I think Rihanna was great, but I would have loved um, for someone else to come in because it does make it a bit harder when it's just a solo act, and I think that's what we saw. But for her to be pregnant doing that was uh, suspended above the air was pretty incredible. Men's, we love getting you on to talk everything NFL, but we're going to get you on throughout the uh, the season as well, the AFL season and the Sandful season as well, because you are the reigning Ken Farmer medalist, and we love you for that. And it's going to be a big year for Woodville West Tyrants, um, and we appreciate your passion. Um, commiserations. What are you going to do today? You're feeling a bit dusty and just emotional. Uh, no, I went through that yesterday. I've, uh, <laughs> I've moved forward. I've moved on. Uh, I'll put away my Eagles gear for a few months until the season starts. Yeah, my Philadelphia Eagles gear. That is, I'll, I'll get the uh, Woodville West Tyrants gear back out and get ready for a season. We're only we're under three weeks away now from practice games, which is pretty incredible. Um, so uh, it'd be good to get into that. We have had the longest preseason of all time, not making the finals last year. So I'll be uh, pretty wrapped once. I think Saturday is our last preseason day of training. So that's, uh, that's exciting. No, we appreciate it, mate. Dan Menzel, uh, part of the SENSA family here, giving us all of his thoughts on Super Bowl yesterday. And can we just say, well done to Jared Waitley. We heard oh, yeah. just the final moments of that uh, of the Super Bowl. Jared was over there. If you, like me, and was out and about yesterday, early in the morning, you'd hear the whole build-up. Benny Graham was outstanding. So to the whole SEN team that were over there, they produced a, a fantastic product. Jared is one of those people I uh, dislike immensely because he's just talented at so many things. Mm. It's like the multi-sport athletes. You're just talented at everything, and you're the only other person I know that's talented <laughs> at everything. So <laughs> It's 26 minutes past seven. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 29 minutes to 8. Good morning, Adelaide. A warm one today. It's actually a warm week across South Australia. Uh, and the caller of the week on 1300 736 736 will take away that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice flavoured milks, and fresh juices. Bix, next we have a brand new segment. It's day one for you today. Yes. We're going to read out some statements, and you need to let us know whether they are on the mark or off the mark. And these are hard hitting statements, all right? We're going really hard early for you. Did you come up with the name of this segment? Because you're very creative. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So what I did was I got your first name, which is Mark, That's and it. then just added stuff well, before it. Well, you know, the the Bryce is right Yeah, yeah. Now. So what We're I did with mark, that was I mark. got the name Price, and it rhymes with Bryce. So <laughs> what happens if, you, if, if we tried to come up with something wrong with Jared? How would you go with that? Um, yeah, so... That would have been tough for you. Oh, well, Carrot is close, <laughs> um, but I don't think the listeners really care, to be honest. No. It's 28 minutes to eight. We'll do it next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Walsh. Let's go. 24 minutes to 8. Good morning, Adelaide. We are here thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale now on. Mark Bickley is here for the first time in 2023. It's going to be a huge year, and we thought we'd start show one, Bix, with some big-name guests. The uh, Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis, will join us before 8.30. And also Malcolm Blight said he wanted to call in just to check in to see how you were going and uh, maybe offer some feedback. So he's a mentor of mine. What a great man, Malcolm. I had lunch with him the other day, actually. Part of the SENSA family, too. Before we get to our very special guest, it's time for this. Spaghetti like on the mark. Wobbly man stuff on the mark. Every good side has a good captain. 
not bad, hey? Did that, did that sound the way you wanted it? That's <laughs> the first I've heard that, Jared. Who was saying that? Where was that? That sounded like Matt Campbell. Yeah. Uh, former Fox commentator, does a lot of boxing stuff. Now, have you been in the ring before where he's announced your name? No, no. Okay. Maybe just a celebrity boxing fight against... Oh, I mean, celebrities are stretch. Oh, I meant, I meant like I'm, I'm not being a real boxer. Okay, uh, yeah. Amateur boxer would be a better term. We are going to, <laughs> to read out straight into that, didn't I? A couple of statements, and uh, we are going to find out whether they are on the mark or off the mark Number one, Travis Head must come back into the Australian test team for the second test. Uh, that is right on the mark, Jared. Uh, what they need to do is swallow their pride. This is the selectors and say, we got it horribly wrong. It was a thought bubble that turned into a selection that turned into a disaster. Uh, like I said, make it good and pick uh, Travis back in the team. Maybe at the top of the order. I don't know. Do something different. Be bold. And David Warner is his time up. I think it's fast approaching. The Adelaide 36ers squad needs another year to gel before we start making decisions on players and or coaches. On or off the mark? Oh, this is really... I'm split on this. Um, I think it's off the mark. I, I think in the sport of basketball, it is a transient sport. Mm. Players come and go all the time. And other teams are able to have success when they bring a squad in. They come together. They practice a lot. They play really regularly. I don't think it's too much to ask when you assemble a good squad that they can perform consistently. And I think what we saw with the 36ers, the gap between their best and their worst was too great. I saw them play some, went and saw a couple of games and saw them play some great basketball against some of the the top sides, but then let it all slip and play really poorly uh, a week later. So for me, consistency is the the key. It's not the, uh, the squad. They've got the players. So... I think the heat's going to be turned up next year. If they can keep most of their players, which they look like they're going to do, I think the expectation will be far greater next year. Well, Antonius Cleveland, who won the Mark Davis Mm. Perpetual MVP trophy on Friday, said that he's leaving his trophies here in Adelaide because he's coming back for another season. So that's good because he's also the defensive player of the year um, in the NBL. All right. Warren Treadray should be appointed to the Port Adelaide board immediately. Mm. Uh, I think that's off the mark. Darren Cale uh, was on the board. He provided great insight. He's stepped away because he's gone back to uh, coaching tennis. Now, if they didn't have um, someone who had great insight into the football department, I think that that would be a need and someone like Warren or another footballer for that matter or someone that has had experience in that realm would be great. But they've got Rob Snowden who's on the board. Rob is an ex general manager of football. He's been in the industry for a long time. And so he brings that insight and he brings that uh, uh, football integrity to the board. So what I would say, there's no urgency because you've got someone there. I think it's a matter of time if Warren wants to do it before he goes onto the board. So it'll be a member elect. And if he puts his hand up, he will, and quite rightly should, uh, get the opportunity to uh, to have some input at board level for Port Adelaide. Just finally, Jordan Dawson's appointment as captain of the Adelaide Crows. It's proof that Tom Duday is heading back to Victoria at the end of the season, on or off the mark? That is off the mark. There can only be one captain. And just because that uh, Jordan was appointed and Tom wasn't doesn't mean that he's going to pack up his bat and ball and go home. Um, we talked about this earlier in the show in a bit greater depth. And I referred to Rory Sloan. When Taylor Walker was made captain by Phil Walsh, 
a lot of people said, ah, oh, well, Sloney's been overlooked because I think they shared it the year before. Sloney had been captain when uh, might have been Nathan Van Burlo might have been injured. And so when he didn't get the nod, people said, well, that's it. He's gone. He stayed, still went on to be captain, and uh, he's been, you know, a great leader for Adelaide. So Tom Duday, very much a part of Adelaide and will play a big role this year. And I think it's more of the point of will he or will the club move forward and will he see a future in Adelaide of success? That'll be more of a, an indicator of whether he stay or whether he goes. This is what Jordan Dawson said in relation to Tom Duday's reaction. Um, no, he's not disappointed at all. He's, he's, um, he's absolutely pumped for me. I think one thing that we have in the leadership group at Adelaide is we've got a lot of diverse players and um, I think Sloane touched on his, in his presser, I think. There's a number of, of us that were willing and able to step up um, if and when, obviously, Sloane was to, to call it time for, as a captain. But, I mean, he's, he's still a crucial part of the leadership group and I'll be bouncing ideas and leaning on him throughout the year, no doubt. Just finally, on or off the mark, this segment? It's on the mark. And I want to add one. This isn't on the running sheet. Oh, no. But the green keeper or the groundsman at the, uh, the <laughs> arena yesterday for the Super Bowl, one job. Just make the grass hard enough for the players to stand up, slipping and sliding all over the place. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world, and you couldn't get that right. A lot that of people off the mark suggesting that a, a, a Super Bowl match interrupted a Rihanna concert, and that's the way that mm. it was kind of prepared for yesterday. So, thank you very much for that insight, Bix. It's seventeen minutes to eight. Uh, we are here thanks to Morn Team, Morn Team Ford Mount Barker for V Six Ranger. Malcolm Blight, we are going to speak to next. If you have any questions for Blighty, you want us to ask to, I'd love to know what Mark Bickley was like to coach. So I'll ask that question: zero four two seven one five four. Yes. He was a star. Oh, there you go. We're just going to need to isolate that. Uh, 0427-154-166. Good morning. MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 12 minutes to 8. Happy Tuesday morning. Going to be a warm one today. 29 degrees, but we get to 35 tomorrow. Heating up for 38 on Thursday too. If you want to give us a call, you can do that. Uh, 1-300-736-736. The caller of the week will get a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. And Bix, your first day today, you're joining the SENSA family, which we have a, a big family at SENSA. David Wildey has joined the family for this year. Obviously, mm. Bryce Gibbs is on board on Saturdays with Tom Lyon. It's growing. It is growing, and someone who's been a part of the family for longer than we can remember, and you've known him for longer than we can remember, is Malcolm Blight, who joins us on the line right now. Morning, Blighty. Thanks for your time. Uh, Jared and Mark Bickley. Hi, guys. I've been I, Listen, I've been listening. It's sounding great. You, uh, you told me to say that, so that's good. <laughs> good work, Malcolm. <laughs> hey, let's start uh, with some footy and uh, with the Adelaide Footy Club. Uh, Jordan Dawson was appointed... Uh, as the captain in his, in his second year. How do you see that? You know, some people raise an eyebrow and say he hasn't been there very long. Tell me how that can happen and, and why you think Adelaide have gone down that path. Yeah, I, I mean, it's an interesting call. I, one of the things, if you just notice the way he plays, he's been in the system. He's been in a very good system at the Sydney Football Club, of course. Um, his first year was outstanding. I know Rory Laird won the best and first and he ran second, but... I just thought of the way he pointed and poked. He's mm. a much more, I guess, instructive player on the ground. So probably that's taken into account. And they do it pretty thoroughly now, Mark. Mm. It wasn't just 
me walking up to someone and say, listen, son, I want you to be captain, and that was it. Now they sort of go through the noughts and crosses of it all and, and work it out. So I hope that Tommy Duday's not all that disappointed with that. I mean, you know, is it a good thing? But it's not the only thing being captain of a club. Mm, no doubt about that. And, and you and I were chatting the other day and we were talking about, this is a number of years back in the early 70s around when Barry Davis and John Rantel came to North Melbourne. They were both club captains for other clubs. In fact, then Doug Wade too, in my days at North mm. Melbourne, all those players were captains. And David Dench, the great David Dench, was already captain of North Melbourne. And uh, Barry Davis came in as a much more senior player and took over from David. Took and over. David was fine about it. Mm. Yeah, it just and David said, well, that's what it is. That's what it is. And David Dench became one of the great fullbacks of all time. It did not affect him one iota. Let's talk about your expectations of Adelaide. How do you see them faring this year? Yeah, I, I think there's improvement, uh, I think, both in Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Um, it, it's been interesting, the, the commentary around Adelaide. I mean, they bottomed out finally. Uh, Geelong still being the only team that hasn't bottomed out in the AFL era. Mm. Their turn will come. It's around the corner. We know that. They could still win it again this year. It's good cats. But there's going to be a horrible fall for them eventually because that's the way it is. Adelaide have been through that system now. and I, I'm really keen. You know, I've done a fair bit of work on this now to think where can the club go from here but they've got a lot of selections in the top 30 which I think are now the, the benchmark you're going to get an occasional one in, uh, in the 40s and 50s just like Jordan Dawson was picked 56 mm. would you believe Rory Slane was 44 but they're outliers they've got enough now they've probably got eight to ten players in that round and a half first round and a half draft picks and eventually the weighted numbers will get them that's where the good players generally come from now that the homework's done better so I just think the rise will happen. Will it be eight? If you had a guess, you'd probably think maybe just outside the eight. If they can go between eight and 11 wins this year, I think that would be a great step for them. Mm, yeah, keep moving forward. Port Adelaide, you mentioned you expect them to be uh, have a, a reasonable year. Uh, they, they finished in the prelim uh, two seasons ago. Bit of a down one last year on the back of a whole range of issues. Can you see them bouncing straight back and potentially being in the top four or five? Absolutely. And this is why, Mark, I mean, they've actually, they've been very clever. First of all, they virtually didn't have Lysette last year, and Mm. I think he's pretty important to the big fella. So he'll play. You've got Arantio Fantasia. I know he's got a terrible injury history and doesn't play a lot, but I mean, he's he's actually quite classy. If he can get to the ground, then you add Junior Rioli, another one in the forward line. So that's where they missed out a bit last year. Those two smalls, or that extra small, and look, Jason Horn Francis, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I, I hope, if someone's listening from Port Adelaide, don't make the same mistake that North Melbourne did. He is not a midfielder yet. He had one good game in the finals for South Adelaide as a midfielder and kicked some goals. But his best form early when I first saw him, John Reid pointed him out to me, actually, at South Adelaide as a halfback flanker. And I did it with, you just go back, and I did it with Andrew McLeod. When I finally found out the, he came to the club as a halfback flanker, Put him at the halfback flank where he's really, really comfortable and really good and then gradually introduce him to the midfield. North Melbourne wanted to be a superstar midfielder. Pick one straight away and it just doesn't happen. 18, 19-year-olds don't do that. They get bashed around and battered and lose confidence and everyone loses confidence in them. So I hope that they play him and slip him into the team in a spot that he's really comfortable with. So, Blighty, you you have coached some big-name players in your coaching career, Ablett, McLeod, Quickly, um, 
If you were, if you oh, were, that last one I just swapped out, mate. I, I just missed the last one. <laughs> Bit of interference. Um, if you were, if you were Ken Hinckley, how would you manage and, and treat Jason Horn Francis heading into this season? Um, you've spoken about positionally. He in the media yesterday said it's great to be surrounded by family and his support network. So would you put extra special attention into him to make sure that he is comfortable, or just make sure that he's one of the squad? Yeah, no, he's one of the squad. But I mean, you know, you know, I know Ken Hinckley pretty well too. I just think Ken invites them all in. They've got a pretty good track record, Port Adelaide, with players coming from other clubs. I think they actually get, they get, you know, this is where you're going to play. And I just hope that Ken's done that with him. But what he'll do, he'll embrace him. And you're quite right. I think we all know if we go home after work at night and you go to your home, it's much more comfortable. If you go to someone else's home, it's not as comfortable. I mean, we're all comfortable in our own environment. So as a youngster, I think that's pretty important. And I'm sure Jason Horn francis will be much better for that, if nothing else. Mm, tend to agree. Let's broaden our, uh, our view a little bit. Who else has caught your eye uh, over the, from last season to this season? Who do you think is going to improve and have a really good season? Look, I think, um, I don't know if you read the paper yesterday, uh, the News Corp put out their top 40 people, you know, the most mm. influential in uh, the whole world. Gee, number one, Jeff Brown, isn't it funny? He yeah. wants to get rid of the commission now. The thing that we all wanted football to do was try and be elegant, you know, just try and make it even and not let three or four clubs dominate. All those years ago, and that's why the AFL came into existence, now he wants it to go back like that because Collingwood are egos. A lot yeah. of them are ego people at Collingwood. They haven't done a lot lately, but anyhow... I just thought that number 32, Peter Malinowskis, in that top 40 list, I think he's in for a good season. Mm. I think he's started off very well. He's got the footy. He's got the gather round, as just, I heard you talking before. Yeah. I think he should get the Mardi Gras too. I know he's following us. <laughs> so, I, I, would, I would actually... I think, yeah, no, look, I think he's the one that's going to improve the most. We've just got to get stuff like that there. And mm. I reckon let's bring back the egg and spoon race down King William Street. He'll do that too. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there you go. I think we need to get you two guys together. You can put your heads together and come up with a whole range of issues. But bloody, hey, thanks for uh, giving us some no, of your you time. you can't get morning. rid of him this what? easily, no, no, Biggs. No. no, we've got one more question, Blighty. Now, we need to know what Mark Bickley was like to coach because um, at the moment he's in a, a tight black T-shirt with some delicious facial hair and he's just we know he's the perfect man who likes to walk around on this Valentine's Day and people know who he is but what was he like as a, a young lad from Port Pirie who ended up becoming premiership captain well deserved two times over talk to us about some of the things we don't know about Mark Bickley well he, he used to walk around with, with a black t-shirt and short of beardish and that's what he used to do in those days as well too Not much has so changed. Nothing's, he's learnt nothing another he's, he's nothing's changed at all <laughs> no one of the things i said about mark and i'm sure he's heard me say it before and i mean this sincerely mark was a no excuses person and i reckon as a captain and a leader of a club if you can get a guy there that still talks to all the players which he did obviously obviously well like but also Let's not make excuses. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes, but let's not make excuses. And that's the different approach. And I still think, regardless of how much we put our arms around them now and we try and encourage more than what we did in those days, I still think he was actually excellent at that. So with that, and also could play the game, over 200 games. You don't play 200 games if you can't play. Uh, I think it was a, it was a terrific a terrific get for the, for the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, great stuff, Malcolm. Thanks for the very kind words. And uh, we love having you on our show. And uh, good luck with your show, which is starting the week before the season. Is that correct? 
Yep, Sports Day SA will be back then with uh, David Wilde and myself. And look, boys, I know you've mentioned it before, but I did want to say this on behalf of all all your friends and family, particularly your loved ones. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> Same to you and Patsy as well, mate. That's Wish lovely. Uh, a great voice and um, uh, speaks with authority as well when, when Malcolm Blight speaks. Everybody listens, so it's great to him. Uh, again, as part of the SEN SA family, we did get a text coming through. Um, Bix, this is from Steve on 0427154166. When Adelaide finished their new facility at Theverdon, um, would there be a statue of yourself, Mark, and Blighty holding up the Premiership Cup? It'd have to be from the second Premiership as Malcolm grabbed the cup with the wrong hand in the first Premiership. He did, but I would think that Malcolm uh, may have earned one and maybe Andrew McLeod may have earned one or Mark Rusciuto, but I wouldn't have thought uh, this battler would get one. Do you have a statue in Port Pirie? No. Do you, you know what you do have? At Bunnings uh, at Woodville, there's a plaque there. (laughs) I know you did because you go there and you go and have a couple of snags and then there's this big plaque that says, officially opened by Mark Bickley. Can can I tell you another story about um, when Adelaide won the grand final in 97, I got the um, bestowed upon me the keys of the city. Uh, to Port Pirie. So I went there, there was a function there. Just try which... to open people's houses. No, no, no. So it's just a, it's a very nice gesture. When we did it again the second year, they decide, well, you've already got the keys to the city. We want to bestow another reward on you. So they uh, bestowed the freedom of the city. And so I've got this plaque that says you've got the freedom of the city. And I said to, I think the mayor or one of the councillors, what does this actually mean? And what it means is uh, that I can lead a band down the main street <laughs> Well, bang a drum down the main street and draw a sword in anger. So, so apparently when when cities used to go or they would go off to war, they would get a drum, strap a drum on, and they would bang the drum and sort of march out of the city and off to war. And so that was what the freedom of the city meant. So, so we're saying now that you could participate in Mardi Gras by banging that drum. Not so in- much about drawing the sword. <laughs> That, that sounds a bit dangerous, it I would does. think. We're going to speak to the Premier of South Australia next. Good morning. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Two minutes past eight. Good morning to you. Big day today, Valentine's Day, and uh, Mark Bickley joining us for the first time in 2023. That is certainly a yes moment. Great business starts with yes. Search Optus Business. We are waiting for the Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis, to call through. We don't call him. He calls us. So That's we're just it. waiting for it. Just looking at a text message here on our text line. Uh, morning, guys. All the best for the new duo this year. Just wanted to say, how great is Malcolm Blight? He speaks so well and I could listen to him talk about footy all day long. Such an intelligent football mind. That's cheers from Source. What do you reckon that's the big man, Sam Jacobs? Uh, he is a big listener of the show, but we've also got another um, source who is a huge listener to you. will get to know the different types of, of sources. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of condiments <laughs> texting in. Uh, but but it's interesting about uh, talking about uh, Jason Horn francis on the halfback flank. He mentioned Andrew McLeod. Also, Simon Goodwin, Mark Rusciuto. A lot of those great midfielders all started as halfback flankers, mm. learned how to defend, learned that defensive aspect before – going on and becoming great midfielders. Also had a, a text message coming through uh, Mario. Malcolm Blight and Mark Bickley should bottle their own bathwater, which is great. Mm. Uh, are you a bath guy or a shower guy? Uh, more of a shower guy, I would say. Yeah, see, I love a good bath. Yeah. We've just moved house as well, and mm-hmm. the bath there is spectacular. Um, to come around and have a look. 
Because <laughs> I thought you were going to say come around and have a bath, no, which would be weird if I invited you around yeah. to have a bath. Um, look, uh, we, we quickly wanted to play for you, Ken Healy, speaking about Jason Horn Francis yesterday because Malcolm Blight was talking about being comfortable being back in South Australia and already without playing a game for the power, he's, he's soon become um, a villain in the AFL, some would say, because mm. everybody's talking about him. This is Ken on the pressures that he faces. Yeah, and that's really good uh, feedback for him, I reckon, is to understand the scrutiny that's ahead of him, uh, Wiggy, that we go, well, you know what, mate, there's a bit coming your way and, you know, you, you pick one in the draft. You've left you've left North Melbourne after your first year for obvious reasons. You just want to return home. Uh, you know, he's a really talented footballer. I don't know that, um, you know, you don't go pick one in the draft if you haven't got all the talent. He's got all the talent in the world and, you know, but he's had significant surgery in the off-season. He's, uh, he's back training and he's looking really, really good on the footage field. He's 19. That's the problem. You know, mm. we talk around some of our younger players and, you know, the two that get mentioned, or the three, Dersma, Butters, Rosie, get mentioned all the time. They're, they're three years ahead of him. So we, we can only sit back and enjoy what his career will be. He'll be an outstanding player for Port Adelaide. He'll be, um, he'll be a player that we look back on in generations, to, I'm sure, and say how, how good a player he and was. And Bix, a man who knows a lot about scrutiny and performing under pressure, is the Premier of South Australia, Peter uh, Malinowskis. Good morning, Premier. Thanks for joining us on SENSA. Good morning, Jared. Good morning, Bix. Now, uh, Pete, we just—you've just been anointed by uh, Malcolm Blight as one to watch this season. If we just look back a little bit <laughs> <laughs> since the start of your premiership, you've brought the uh, the Velo Five Hundred back, which was an outstanding success. We've seen uh, some great tennis played at the revamped Memorial Drive. The Live Golf is on the agenda as well. That's going to be down at Grange. Uh, the Gather Round we are so looking forward to, and now you've got your eyes on the New Year's Test. That's not a bad start in terms of uh, sporting achievements uh, for us here in South Australia. Look, we're pretty serious about it, Bix, because, I mean, apart from the fact it uh, provides a lot of entertainment to South Australians, mm. our, our bigger objective is creating that economic activity that we know major events can bring. I mean, it's hard to believe. I think sometimes we've got short memories. It was 12, this time 12 months ago, uh, South Australian hospitality businesses and tourism businesses were under some pretty severe restrictions in COVID. I mean, I know, listen, to me at least, it certainly feels like a long time ago, but mm. um, it wasn't. And what we've got to remember is that we owe it to those people, those little small businesses who paid those massive sacrifices, giving up their income, their capital during the course of COVID, just to put them back on their feet. And we see major events as being a great way to do that. So... All the economic activity that we got out of the LA 500, I think, justified that investment. And we anticipate the same again around the Gather Round and Live Golf and the list that you you mentioned. The other thing is, um, you know, I think there's actually about us being proud of the story we've got to to tell in South Australia. I've always had the view that we've, you know, hit our light under the bushel just a little bit too much. So I'm proud of the fact we're putting ourselves out there. And when people come to South Australia, often for the first time, they come back for seconds and thirds, and, and then they go home and spread the word that this state's got a bit of a buzz about it, and I think that's an exciting proposition. Now, let's talk about the New Year's test in a little bit more detail. Is this a thought bubble? Is this sure. an aspiration, or is this something that is a, a realistic chance that you're really gunning for and hoping to be able to attract? Well, it started because the South Australian Cricket Association um, came to me and said, look, we're a bit concerned that, quite frankly, Cricket Australia have been taken... Adelaide Oval test for granted. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, Jen. Uh, and I don't say that to be critical of Cricket Australia, but I think we've got a, 
you know, put our hand up and say, well, hang about. We had West Indies this year when the main test tour was South Africa. And then there's a lot of talk around the place, and to be frank, a bit more than talk, that Adelaide faces the prospect of its test match again in the summer coming up, like the next summer, being West Indies again. Mm. So we would have West Indies twice in two years, which I think is a bit, a bit stiff to say the least. And I think that the fact of the matter is that on a per capita basis, the Adelaide Test is the best attended in the country by a long way. And because of that, because we turn the crowds out year in, year out, Cricket Australia are inclined to say, all right, well, we're going to get a big crowd in Adelaide anyway, so that we won't give them the prize fixture um, and we'll try and plug it in Perth or, or somewhere else. And if you look at the turnout in the Perth Test, it was an embarrassment. So... I say, look, you can't take us for granted. Uh, we want more certainty. And the sacker put on the table to me that, you know, they were interested in, in potentially uh, putting their hands up for the New Year's test and asked if the government would be willing to support it. We went away and did a bit of work on the back of that request. And it's pretty clear there would be uh, additional visitation if we had at least a fixed time for the test to be. And, and if that involved a public holiday or a high peak summer period, then and we get a few more bums on seats coming from interstate, which is what I care about. So I, I said I was willing to support it, and then, then one thing led to the other, and uh, before I knew it, the New South Wales Premier was mm. having a, a cheap shot, and, and the whole thing got elevated. But we'll put our best foot forward and, and see what comes out of it. Premier, we know that you are strapped for time this morning. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about Live Golf. This is a, a bold move where I think you've been brilliant in taking risks and being proud to bring these big events to South Australia on the same weekend. Obviously, as Gather Round, I've, I've had a bit of time to learn about Live Golf and the, the external noise we can separate, but it's it can only mean good things for the state with tourism, hospitality, but also for the western suburbs with it being um, held at, at Grange. I'm sure that excites you about being involved and, and learning about the potential of what it can bring for us as a state? Well, absolutely. So the gather round is round five, the weekend after Easter, and then the weekend after that is Live Golf. So the the gather round ticket sales have been extraordinary. We've already got over 40,000 tickets sold from interstate um, buyers. The hotel occupancy um, is through the roof, which is actually a bit of a problem because we're worried that we're not going to have enough hotel rooms and flights are already astronomically expensive. That's a separate challenge. But that's a challenge that speaks to gather around success already. But I think South Australians need to realise when it comes to live golf, yeah, we have taken a bit of a risk there. It's a breakaway tournament and it's got a degree of controversy around it. But um, when it comes to interstate visitation, it is already shooting the lights out, almost sold out. And my view was, well, look, the USPGA has taken the Australian market for granted for decades, for decades. We have never had the names like, you know, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, um, Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, um, let alone Aussies like Cam Smith and Mark Leisham, all playing in an Australian tournament ever before. I mean, this will be the biggest golf tournament in Australia in 50 years, literally, just because of the quality of the players. Um, and, I, and there's a whole list I haven't mentioned. So we're pretty excited about it. Like I said, ticket sales are through the roof, so it's already sort of ticked all the boxes for what we were hoping for. And yes, it'll create a bit of noise and, and there'll be a bit of controversy. Um, but look, um, as you said, Jay, we've got to take a few risks and put our best foot forward. And 
and we're pretty happy with, with the way that's playing out thus far. Well, we wish you all the best. Thanks for taking some time out this morning to have a chat with us and keep up the good work. Let's go with this New Year's test and anything else we want to have a crack at as well. Pete, thanks for your time. <laughs> I appreciate it, gents. Cheers. Uh, it was fantastic then. I, I loved uh, his response to Dominic Perrottet, who always just likes to come out and take a cheap shot against mm. South Australia. But we're, we're doing really well when it comes to big events here in South Australia. You know, we're, and we're, we seem to be the home of a lot of firsts. So with the tour, with the tour fantastic. Mm. Um, the, the tour down under, which you just completed, was spectacular. The first, um, the first real one we've kind of had um, over the past few years because of COVID. The first ever gather round, live golf being here. I used to live on White Sands Drive where the Grange Golf Course um, the entrance is. Get a few balls over your fence. My front lawn was covered in golf balls every Saturday morning. I've got so many golf balls that are flogged from people who just can't hit a golf ball. So it is exciting to be in South Australia. Uh, it is. It's great. And um, just on the, the New Year's Day test, uh, I thought I might just have a look at the composition of the Cricket Australia board because ultimately they are going to make the decision, aren't mm. they? Unfortunately, uh, there's a number of New South Welshmen on it, including former Premier of New South Wales, Mike Baird. Uh, now, Mike Baird is of the uh, other political persuasion mm-hmm. to Peter Malinowskis. So that's not ideal, is it? You know, you've got to try and convince someone from Sydney who was, uh, you know, died in the wall Sydney side who's going to make a decision to move away a, an iconic sort of test match from their city. So it's going to be hard work. But I guess if you don't ask, you don't know. I had another text message as well. Shane from North Haven has sent us in a text 0427154166. Don't forget, game two of the State of Origin is back here at Adelaide Oval this year, I believe too, or Shane believes, which is good. Um, it was a big event a couple of years ago when it came to South Australia. So a good time to be in Adelaide at 14 minutes past eight. We'll be back with your text. And of course, we need to find out the result of our social media poll too. Good morning on SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. At 19 minutes past day, good morning. Day one of Mark Bickley joining us on SENSA. It is a big yes moment for us. Great business starts with yes. Search Optus Business. And this morning with our Brecky Brainstorm, we're asking everything about the Australian test side bix on social media. Yes, we ran a poll. Who should Travis Head replace in the Australian batting lineup for the second test against India? Now, here are the results. Um, a little bit surprising. I thought David Warner might have been the top response, but in fact, he was second. Matt Renshaw, 48.6% of people think that Travis Head comes back in to replace Renshaw. 43.2% David Warner, Peter Hanscom, just 7%, and other 0.9%. Ooh, so, uh, I wonder who that other is. There might have just been one vote there. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. That's the uh, our Twitter poll. Matt Renshaw is the man that uh, everyone thinks is on the outer. Text and caller of the day goes into the running to get the Signet Boost Power Bank at valid at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. I tested that out over the weekend because I'm moving house at the moment and my phone kept losing mm. charge. It was incredible. So got me through. We've got a text message that you wanted to read out. Yeah, this one is from Josh. In Aldinga Beach, and he says, if the Premier has a difficult time getting the New Year's test over the line, maybe Bix could draw his sword to convince them. Now, that was a discussion. You need to explain what that That was a discussion around the freedom of the city that was bestowed upon me at Port Pirie. So I'd have to take 
Premier Malinowskis to Port Pirie and perhaps uh, Mike Baird or Nick Hockley from Cricket Australia. And, and just then, bring out your sword. And get my sword out and bang my drum and declare war. <laughs> it's if I just say, if people are turning on now for the first time, it sounds, sounds like a different show. Yeah, well, well, it's only where your mind is taking it. It's I'm talking about a, a sabre that I'm going to... People can see through the window too. Yeah, they're looking at us quite strangely. It's 21 minutes past eight. We'll wrap up the show next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 26 minutes past eight. It's been a big show too for all of our guests, including Daniel Menzel, Malcolm Blight, Peter Malinowskis. You can have a listen exclusively to the podcast and the entertainment continues across the day later on this afternoon from 3 p.m. The run home with Kimbo and the Roach. They are back for 2023. So a big year, Bix, uh, a.k.a. the Swordsman. There's a few texts coming in. Yeah, tell Bickley to keep his sword to himself. Now, we've had a bit of a running gag this morning around uh, the freedom of the city, which was awarded to me um, quite uh, humbling by me. That was in Port Piri, and you get to draw your sword in anger. That's what it means. Uh, we've got a uh, sound of you doing that. There it is right there. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Thank you. Now, we've got our caller, our uh, SMS of the day, and I've Chosen uh, Mal- oh, sorry, Mario, I should say, from Maslin's Beach, who said this one, and he said, Malcolm Blight and Mark Bickley should bottle their own bathwater. There's a business proposition, perhaps. I've always got an eye on the, how to make a buck. Maybe there might be something in that, Mario. So thank you so for you that. So you think could, you could sell your own bathwater? I'm taking the you-know-what. Um, well, I don't know, because you are quite a savvy business person. <laughs> so, but, Not much of a market out there for that, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, you'd be, you you'd be surprised, mate. If you've seen things like OnlyFans, people do all kinds of stuff on there. Um, mm. Blighty was fantastic, though. A really, a really good insight. And without embarrassing you, I feel like he was trying to say that Jordan Dawson, uh, the new captain of the Crows, has similar traits to yourself. Did you pick that up, did you? I did. I didn't pick it up. Really? No. I think I think his demeanour, I think the way he carries himself. I also wanted to ask Blighty, but we ran out of time, is is the role of being the sole captain as important as it was five to ten years ago? Because now mm. we see line captains, we see leaders mm. on and off the field. Last year, the Crows had about three or four captains circulating. So yep. is that specific role as important apart from the prestige that comes with it? Mm, yeah, like I probably don't think it is. It's, it's interesting because on one hand, when I was – captain, which was, let me think, 20 years ago, mm. there was nowhere near the saturation of media or sponsorship or the demands on the players that are now. So that's why I think they have actually spread it out amongst the number of players and just lightens the load a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, there will always be pressure on that person to respond when you know you need someone to stand up in a game. So I think they get judged a bit more harshly than than other members of the uh, the leadership group and that's what comes with having the 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 C next to your name. We have a big show tomorrow. Chairman of the Adelaide Football Club, John Olsen, uh, a member of the Port Adelaide Leadership Group. So that was announced yesterday, the two vice captains uh, alongside uh, Tom Jonas, Ollie Wines and Darcy Byrne-Jones. So it'd be great to speak to someone from Port Adelaide and the SA Scorpions have two big games this weekend against Queensland. So we'll check in with the players tomorrow. It was a great weekend for South Australian cricket with the Redbacks finally getting a, a consecutive victory, which is awesome. Bix, that's the end of the show for us. 
can't believe how quick it's gone. Thanks, We Jared. are back tomorrow morning. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved on the text and the talkback line. And don't forget to listen to the podcast. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. And we will check in with you tomorrow morning. Stay safe, stay hydrated. 29 degrees today. We'll chat to you tomorrow on SENSA. Good morning.